0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two hundred and thirty-seven of the Yugi here podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick, and joining me today are my two card collecting co-hosts. Uh, full
1: of pockets, full of trap cards and spell cards, and no monsters. Colt. Uh,
2: it's Yugi Moto. It also known as
0: Cody here. So yeah, Cody's back from the Shadow Realm, a.k.a. Temple, Florida. And he'll be joining us today for a little banter session about Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm excited to be here. I've been obsessed with Yu-Gi-Oh! for a while now. Uh, I guess you could say a solid 20 years at this point. So,
0: I'm ready. So, what prompted this is that... Recently, I would say last three to four months, the lads have all kind of, in one form or another, got back into Yu-Gi-Oh!, and I feel like this would be good a time as any to discuss this subject, and just sort of talk about like our memories with the franchise, new and old, cards, series we like, the decks and duels, and just sort of like, it's just going to be a banner session, but under the purview of the Yu-Gi-Oh! series.
2: Yeah, we aren't expert. This is not an expert Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. We, I, 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 no one here plays competitively, nor and has one. ever played competitively, nor ever wants to. I could not tell you anything about the meta, and I
1: don't think anybody else in this chat could either. Uh, so, no, pl- when I play, I ask, can I do that? Is that possible? Is that, is that good? I ask yeah. constantly. I don't know what I'm doing.
2: As far as I'm concerned, someone can look over my shoulder and tell me what to do and also be playing me at the same time, as as far as I know.
0: There are no rules, uh, except for all the rules that happen all the time in Yu-Gi-Oh! Especially the ones that contradict each other. Oh,
2: yeah. I I really do think, I think, and this is one of those things with Yu-Gi-Oh!, is that it's one of those games where I don't really think it knows what it wants to be. It's one of those rare successes made up of a bunch of, like... Yeah, we meant to do that. Uh, that would just, I don't know, it's just it, everything from the manga to the anime to the to the card game itself, in the evolution of the card game itself, it's one of those uh, few pieces of, of media out there that really sort of, I guess, and then itself into su- success, um, because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the uh, the original Japanese manga, and as far as I, I think this is correct, I haven't googled it, but from my memory of over the past like six months, uh, I have P- Patrick is just typing up a storm. Hey, I, I gotta get into the the details here. Yeah, you're going to TCG player right now to check on Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> um, hey, what
0: are you doing spying on my screen?
2: Yeah, so Yu-Gi-Oh didn't start out as a manga about a card game it started out about as a manga about games you know yugi is the king of games and it just so happens that one of the games that yugi played was uh dual monsters and in doing so um it was kind of like oh yeah we meant to make this whole series about card games which i really don't think that's what would the purpose of the uh, the original like series was supposed to be i think the purpose was to just a guy a, a guy possessed by a pharaoh playing games that kind of fell into a card game scenario that made a lot of money um and then of course you know that spawned an anime where the first season is made up of complete horseshit rules that have nothing to do, <laughs> do with the original card game that fell into and ever and a lot of those cards at the time were uh even like a lot of cards from early Oh are considered to be not op by today's standards but they're some of them are broken
1: oh yeah a hundred percent man yeah, eater like, bug.
2: <laughs> man eater bug pot of greed uh, uh hell even you know black hole the uh, even down to like monster reborn these very simplistic cards with no downsides that are the basis of so many different uh, card games, really break the entire game of Yu Gi Oh! that relies on an interweaving of complex wording, anyways. But yeah, so it really, and then in going on into the actual card game itself, uh, it kind of starts to, I don't know, I call it Dragon Ball Zing itself or DBZing itself, where it's just something has to be more powerful something has to be more complicated and then now they've added so many new abilities and so many new card types and things and so many new ways to play that it really is a game that is a shadow of its of of its former self and i think in some good ways and some bad ways and some not really anywhere ways um, but yeah, so Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! I'm excited to, I'm excited to dive into it because these past few months I've been obsessed and, uh, have spent, uh, in this hyperfixation I have come out of, uh, with only spending $140 on Yu-Gi-Oh! So I think, I think I'm winning in that
0: regard. In terms of, like, collectible series and, like, hobbies to get into, only $140 is doing pretty good. Uh, I, I will say I haven't spent a dime. I've only been, uh... Watching Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, archetype videos and sort of explaining the, the the history and the lore of certain, like, series of cards. Because in case you don't know, while there are, like, hundreds of thousands of cards, there are certain ones that fall under a certain umbrella of design, of, like, implied story. Like, uh, the Elemental Heroes, one of the most famous uh, sets from Yu-Gi-Oh! They have, like, several within that branch and sub-branches of that. And to me, like it was all like I, I think I haven't played the game itself, uh, aside from like one banter weekend with the boys recently, since like the first edition, we know the rules. Like Cody said, were just kind of whatever. It's like yeah, it's like this may, kind of makes sense. We'll just kind of fuck with this until uh we decide to make up something else, and then kind of counterbalance all the bullshit we made up earlier in a later series. That's kind of been my thing. It's just sort of exploring the periphery of the series. Though I do, I would like to to, act, to actually play it. Um, there, there was a, a game that um, that the, the lads were talking about getting that kind of takes you through the whole series up to, I guess, a pretty recent point and introduces at a at a you know a fair rate all the different. Uh, new, like, meta and, like, versions. Like, how you go from, like, basic uh, first edition Yu-Gi-Oh to, uh, like, fusions and rituals and, like, synchro and, like, pendulum and, and just, like, how it just goes into left field from there. Because like, I I think, remember, looking at, like, pendulum shit, I'm like, what the hell does this even mean? Like, half the card is, like, rules and shit.
1: I tried to play a, a one single game of pendulum, it was on the, uh, the the latest game that came out. That stuff is so so confusing. I bet it's easy once you fully grasp it, but that's that's everything. It it, it was just so. I just let the game play it for me. I had no fucking clue what I was doing.
2: Yeah, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to. Of course, go into. Um, that's a little funny. I'm looking at the most expensive Yu-Gi-Oh! items on uh, TCG Player right now, and it says a, there is one listing of a box. It's called Rise of the Duelist Booster Box, first edition, and I'm not 100% sure what it is. Uh, it's kind of just got a cardboard box with Konami tape on it, and it says the market price is $3,000, which is a shit ton of money. But then it says it only has one listing that goes as low as $8,000. So I'm not 100% sure how that math adds up. Anyways, um, yeah, I don't want to go into the full rules of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because we'd be here for three days. But Pendulums are, I think... Some of the bet like, there's a lot of cool stuff that Yu Gi Oh added, like, throughout the years, you know. They added, uh, they really expanded, like, the first series with Yu Gi Moto, they, they expanded on rituals and they did some fusion stuff. Uh, everyone knows, I think, Flame Swordsman and Thousand Year Dragon and shit like that with the fusions, and, uh, which is cool, but then they expanded, like, the second one, GX, the second, um, series G- Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. They really expanded on Fusions, 5Ds, did Synchros, Exist uh, did exist Monsters, and um, after that was Arc 5, which did Pendulums, which is what you guys were talking about, and then the newest one, uh, they did Link, and I think they're about to do something called Rush Dueling, which is basically a whole new rule set for Yu-Gi-Oh! with new cards, uh, which is a little bizarre to me that they're doing that, but okay. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I think out of all of those, even though like a lot of the cards, I think the, the the synchros, which are the white cards, in the Xyz, they're kind of cool in their own right, and they have little cool effects. I think the most game-breaking one, at least in my opinion... Uh, that I've seen while playing was the pendulums, because basically each pendulum card is both a magic card and a monster card. Whether that's an effect monster, synchro monster, exists monster, they can, as it's just a magic card plus some type of monster. So it has basically two effects. Um, if you have If you play it as a magic card, it acts as a magic card, but it also acts as a pendulum card because pendulum cards also have pendulum scores where it has a number. If you place down two pendulum cards with, like, let's say you place down one magic, one pendulum card with a one and then another one with an eight, you can summon on any turn any amount of cards in your hand like any any amount of monster cards in your hand to the field between the levels of one and eight. Obviously, Which is
1: absolutely messed up.
2: It is so fucked up because you could. That means that you could, if you had few, if you had a deck that focused on fusion, you could do that. So it was an insane. It's kind of like this insane thing where synchros were basically, I don't know. They're like a they're like a new version of fusion cards. Cool. Exists uh, were also a new version of fusion cards cool just non specific fusion cards cool then uh, then the pendulums come in and they're like actually you're about to just flood the field with monsters and do whatever you want and it got so bad pendulum was so broken that they introduced something called link monsters which is the newest the blue cards with the arrows that basically said you couldn't play uh, a synchro monster or I'm sorry you couldn't play a monster a Pendulum monster or synchro monsters or exist monsters except for cards that point arrow pointed at I don't really know the rule set for that but they took that rule out just like back in April this year they re, they they a few years ago they came out with a bunch of rules and then this year they said actually those rules are broken and so we're going to fix it by not really fixing it by basically breaking the anyways i'm rambling right now just to say that Yu-Gi-Oh does not know what it wants to be it has no clue what it wants to be um and i think that might be a good thing in some regards but also it leads to some crazy like shit
1: i like that about Yu-Gi-Oh. I haven't really been into Yu-Gi-Oh that that much throughout the years. But one of my favorite things about it is because it it just changes. It's so different. Like I played a lot, mostly, when Synchro and then Exist just came out and whenever I tried to jump back in I tried to ask Wenzel or Cody about it and they still didn't know what the fuck was happening either. Cause it just changes so much.
0: I do love this this aspect of Yu Gi Oh where it's just the blind leading the blind in in every possible sense.
2: I mean, it took me. I would say so. I I, I the what got me back into Yu Gi Oh was I just was into Yu Gi Oh for a while. Like I just wanted to get back into it. I thought I think the monsters are cool looking. They're nostalgic in some aspects, and also I love the the random like ability uh, the random um mechanics of the new cards and I really want to get back into it without spending money so I was like okay for 40 bucks I'm gonna buy um the I think it's dual links maybe I don't really know the name of it. it's got like the longest name on the fucking planet
1: it's the last Yu-Gi-Oh card game that was released on pretty much every console
2: uh legacy of the duelist I'm sorry it's called legacy of the duelist link evolution which actually came out in 2019 but it had, a, it had a DLC
1: that came out twenty twenty, I think.
2: Yeah, uh, yes, which was last year, which updated the the rule sets and things of that nature. Yes. Anyway, so I bought that game for forty bucks, thinking, "Hey, I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play this, and this is gonna be like this is gonna prevent me from spending three hundred dollars on cards." and I was like, okay, and I started playing it and, it, and yeah, it really did. It did stop me from spending $300 on cards. I did end up spending 100 bucks, but I was able to play all through the original Yu-Gi-Oh! setting, and this is the game that, Patrick, you were talking about earlier, and then I actually taught you how to play the different card, the new card mechanics, and that was fantastic. I got to learn a lot. I got to play some really, but it's It's genuinely very difficult to play. Like there are, there are times where I'm like, I. This is not a children's card game. This is not. (laughs) This is not anywhere near a children's card game. Like, this is actual difficult. Actually difficult, and some of it's not even fun. Difficult. Some of it's just. It's just hard. It's just pre-imposed bullshit that you you have to remember. There's so much you have to remember and know. In order for you to play, Uh, uh, you know, comparing it to other card games like Pokemon. Okay, for example, Pokemon's a trading card game. Uh, Even though it's, you know, mostly a video game first, you know, video game first, anime second, trading card third, game third, I would say that's kind of Pokemon's lineup pokemon is more solid they yes they have introduced new gimmicks and things like that but the gimmicks are non-game breaking and they're kind of seasonal in a way like some of the gimmicks that they introduce are seasonal um they're kind of the same really yeah there's really not that much of a difference and the differences are typically built into the previous rules like for example like the arc v cards and things of that nature uh, not Arc V. That's Yu-Gi-Oh. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, what is it called? Um, VMAX. VMAX and all that. Like, yes, they have they have, I think, special rules. But most of the most of the the change in the card comes from the fact that their HP is bumped up to hell and back, and they have op they have op attacks and things of that nature. Like, there's no special summoning of those cards. It's just it like the mechanics of the gimmick are built into the game. It's just like, okay, I don't really know. It's a repackaged rule set. I don't know. It makes, like, like a few years ago, they released the, um, where they released two Pokemon per card, right?
0: Yeah. The, the, the tag team cards. The tag team cards.
2: Nothing really changed rule-wise. It's just more powerful monsters and more powerful cards. Uh, they did introduce a new ability which wasn't really that new because it kind of followed in the same path as old abilities so like pokemon has really stuck to its roots in that regard because you could probably i mean it probably wouldn't go as well but you could probably play first gen pokemon cards versus new gen pokemon cards they probably wouldn't go as well but there are some cards that you can pull from those older sets and play them with the newer sets and be okay uh magic the gathering i'm sure there's some power creep as well in it the- in there, but Magic the Gathering has pretty much a full standard set of rules that are completely compatible with each other. Yu Gi Oh! Every single time it releases a new card, a new show or a new card, it absolutely just changes the goddamn rules. Like they just completely change the rule set. And to me, that's like the most confusing thing is because it doesn't like that's the reason why, like. It's it, you. I would never be able to go into the meta. I would never be able to go into a duel with people because the it changes so quickly and it changes so dramatically that by the time you spend five hundred dollars on cards, well,
0: they may be useless. It, because because the meta changes so quickly and and like there's just so much. I feel like card science that goes into it. I feel like to be adequately invested. It, it feels like Yu-Gi-Oh needs to be your primary hobby because that you, you just need to devote that brain space to all the different rules and just remembering everything. And it kind of feels like you really have to set aside what sort of era of play you, you, you want to focus on. Because other than that, it kind of feels like you know, like old, like first gen Yu-Gi-Oh cars are useless, like in a certain respect. Because like especially when they're are playing against like. The, the cards that came out this year because because there's just a, a gulf of difference in terms of their power and their play style. And like every card about now has some effect. So, like, when when we were playing our duel at Banter Weekend, like, I remember I kept feeling like I had to like look at every single card before, like, multiple times that I had to face down because, like, what the, like, I couldn't possibly remember everything a single card, all my cards doing. So, like, just like you, just have like a. I feel like you have to play on like 4D chess just to remember everything about the cards you have at your disposal. Never mind like jumping into what the other person does. Now I'm sure some other Yu-Gi-Oh player would be like, "Wow, look, look at these nerds. They can't figure out Yu-Gi-Oh." Well, sorry that <laughs> that we're not uh, evolved enough to acquiesce to this card game. But I do think as hard as it is, I still find it very fun.
1: The the most fun you can have with Yu-Gi-Oh! is making your own rules and slamming different generations of cards together. Even though, rule-wise, you can't really do that. But I don't care. I want them to fight.
0: Yeah, there's no Yu-Gi-Oh! cops. They're not going to get down the door for you not following the the capital T, capital R, the rules.
1: So, just to
0: give you
2: an idea of how game-breaking some of those early cards were, uh, I want to. I, I just, I'm just looking at some spell cards that came out. Uh, that came out, and I'm just going to go off my brain. But these were all from the first two to three years of Yu-Gi-Oh! card sets released. Now, remember, that's like quite a bit. Uh, Pot of greed, uh, forbidden. Uh, still to isn't that just day. draw two
0: cards? They're just draw two cards, with no, like side effects, which may not. It's like, what's the big deal about uh about that? Well, it, you know, when your hand is at least five cards, like to get to, just to get two cards, like out out of like, principally a thirty to forty card deck, like that sort of increases your your viability like substantially, even if that doesn't sound like a lot. So like. Every other version of Pot of Greed has some sort of secondary effect to sort of curtail, you know, just the act of like gaining two extra cards for free.
2: Yeah, I mean that's 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 two card advantage is what they call that. I believe I don't really, and I, I'm trying to learn the lingo, so if I get it wrong, I don't want anybody coming after me. But cards like that, the Pot of Greed, uh, Heavy Storm, which actually came in the original Legend of Blue Eyes, which was technically my first. Uh, rare card i ever got was from a pack from a cvs and it was a legend of blue eyes pack and back in 2000 and i want to say two three whatever and it was a card called heavy storm which destroys all i think it destroys all spell and trap cards in the field um there which is awesome there's cold wave uh which is one that's was not rare at all and it was just kind of in everything. It was completely forbidden. Change of Heart, forbidden. Uh, that was one of, uh, what's his name's? Um, uh, B- Bacora. Bacora's, like big ones. Uh, I mean, there's just quite a few of them from that earlier stage where they, they were trying to build this fun little card game that later on, whenever whenever it became so complex, it was just like, okay, well, these cards are so pure, so powerful we can't use them anymore because they're just they're game breaking, which makes no sense, but at the same time makes a lot of sense. I don't know. Graceful charity. I mean that one. That one. Uh, you you draw three cards and discard two. I mean I don't know. It's insane to me how some of these cards have been. In the game since the very very beginning, and yet they're not used at all because of how broken they are in the modern day. Which sounds like we're all we've been hating on Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time here. Uh which, you know, it has its downfalls, but the truth is that I have a ton of fun playing Yu-Gi-Oh! because of its
1: complexity, right? Hours can go by playing Yu-Gi-Oh!, it's the most it just passes so easily. Time does. I don't know what it is about Yu-Gi-Oh! It just sucks you in. Like, you'll think, okay, we'll play one or two duels. It's been four hours, and you've dueled probably twice.
0: Because I, I remember distinctly when we had Banter Weekend, uh, di- like, during Yu-Gi-Oh! Hyperfixation mode, the boys played, like, two duels, and that was, like, almost an hour and a half.
1: One duel, it was like a duel duel. It was me and Cody on one team, Tanner and Wins on the other. And it took—I want to say—three hours. It took so fucking long. It was the most painful thing, but it was still really fun.
2: It is—it um, is quite the game to to play with four people, even though it's like not. There's no official rules for it. We just kind of made up as we went to just kind of play together, and it just took forever because, I mean, there's—I mean, even if we were to know our cards exactly, it still would have taken about two hours. Uh, I, there was a lot of times where we didn't know the cards because we were playing with random decks that we had, and it was just hard because everyone had different decks with different abilities and different things, and we all had to look and read. And I mean, I have so much in my brain from Yu Gi Oh that I honestly I don't know. I feel like I've wasted so much space on Yu Gi Oh in my head because it's, <laughs> I because I, I know too so much about the rules, and even I know a lot about the rules, but there are people out there who make these decks who will first like it was almost like there was a time especially during the pendulums from what i understood where there were people who made decks specifically to win in one turn and you could do that by summoning like your opponent goes first they set up their space and then now it's your turn so you can actually attack them so you pendulum summon Five cards, special summon two, synchro another, and the next thing you know, you're, you just 8,000 pointed your, your opponent and they're gone. And you could do that in one turn in some ways. And it's those people who can just slap them down and be like, your turn. That just, I don't see how they exist in this planet. But anyways,
0: all that talk about the rules, it, it kind of makes you, your head spin. So, um, why don't we move on to something a little bit simpler, Uh, And just sort of the appreciation for the characters themselves. So I was going to... At one point, I wanted to talk about sort of like favorite monsters, favorite archetypes. And sort of like... Just like a a simple appreciation for like just the artwork or the stories. I wanted to hear from y'all. What were some of your favorite like cards, you know, just from the... the, Either from the stories, from the characters from the effects. I wanted uh, to find out that from y'all. What are some of your favorites? Uh, Colt, did you want to go first? Yeah, I can
1: go ahead. Uh, recently, I just found out about this card uh, due to a Yu-Gi-Oh! account. I think it's called... Every, or, or a Twitter account that's uh, called Every Yu-Gi-Oh! Card in Existence. And for Halloween, they posted a bunch of cool ones, it's like Halloween versions of already existing cards. Uh, but they posted one of a dog... Uh, it's called the Dog Marring- Marin It's the Outstanding Dog Maren. It has a line of cards that's related to it. A little little bleak, but they're still very fun. Some alternates that are not in the line are like... Mad Dog of Darkness is like a demon dog version of Dog Marin, Which is a cute fluffy dog, by the way. And there's Mecha Dog Maren. Uh, but there is a line where... The Outstanding Dog Marin dies, and it becomes the Skull Dog Marin. And uh, it's not as sad as it sounds because it's got its own line of little cards where you can see uh, the little Skull Dog has his little skull family. It's a, a very cute and very fun little thing of cards, and I, I really like them. Uh, whenever the dog in the line of cards goes missing, it's called Where Are Where Art Thou. Uh, and there's White Prince which is a little prince boy with the little Marin skull dog Marin. And then there is the female version of the of Marin called Outstanding Dog Mary. It's It's all cute little dogs. It looks just so good. Uh, but for my cards before this that I really liked or the junk warrior cards. I really like those. It, it, mostly because whenever I got into Yu-Gi-Oh! again, Around 11, 12, 13, twelve, thirteen—I can't remember. It was the first deck I had. It was uh, the Junk Warrior Synchros. Uh, it was just really fun archetype. That, that yeah, the, uh, that from I Five had. Ds. Yeah,
2: the junk. The junk ones were great. I I think they were they were a lot of fun because I really starting with GX is when it really started to really take hold. Was where Yu Gi Oh moved away from like just random ass monsters to like almost like storylines in a way because like the storylines you don't know the storylines behind the elemental heroes right like but there is a story there like the there is a story maybe it was built into the anime maybe it was built into the manga a little bit but for the most part the cards themselves were not the story in the anime the cards themselves had a separate story that the designers and the writers sort of had in the in their minds and they kind of did in the background right which i thought was super cool was how you can have these like for example um one of the big examples so at least from the original Oh, was the dark magician line uh where you had of course dark magician being yugimoto's favorite i used to love dark magician i thought it was super cool i think the dark magicians were very cool uh very cool designs then they have dark magician girl well now with reboots and uh what do they call them retools and things of that nature um now there's a whole like dark magician girl line where you have like dark magician girls based on flavors uh flavors i'm sorry i'm googling it to make sure
1: yeah, like, I noticed, it was like around the time that I stopped caring about Yu-Gi-Oh, they, they randomly just started throwing in random anime girl cards, where it just yeah. looks like anime girls all over, they look cool! But it was just such a weird time to throw them in, finally.
2: Yeah, and that's where I struggle with some of the artwork, is that a lot of it has been moving towards more anime, more traditional anime girl style looks to them, which it's fine, you know, if you're into that. But, like, for me, it's just not something that I necessarily look for in a card. And Dark Magician Girl was fine, but they've definitely moved, like, a lot of the artwork has moved towards a more of a... Traditional anime style, which I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, of those cards.
0: I'm. It's it's probably because like there's a lot of people who are into that style, so that they have like if this is it's this franchise is just to make money, so they're going to cater in some part to the fans who want that. I blame Gotcha. I I definitely. I I uh, I I agree there. It's just like we. I mean, this is physical Gotcha at at its basic. You you pay money. To get a random thing and then maybe you get the one you want and you try to game the system or like...
2: Like they even... Like I'm looking at a card now. Do you guys remember... Do you remember Weevil from uh, literally the first like 10 episodes of season one of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh? The bug type card user? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had that little snappy little voice and you know did the like... He threw uh, he threw Exodia off the boat and shit and uh, he summoned yeah. in the insect queen, which cool, yeah. This horrifying insect queen is um, the original one is very very scary. Well, but it,
0: but it still has tits on it. If you it, it does
2: still have tits, but then later on they did a retrain of it, and now it's got tits and like it's in sort of like a, a sexy bug pose. I'm gonna send. What it. is it called? It's called. I'm sending it. In uh, in uh, in our chat right now, it's a metamorph morph- metamorphosed insect queen, and it's kind of like got like the sexy leg thing going on, and like the arms out, and tits are, like. I guess I mean, but like you get what I'm saying. Like it's like it's versus the original, which was just like scary bug with boobs,
0: you know. Like that's what it... metamorphosed insect queen definitely looks more like pointy. Okay, I, I was definitely expecting something more like this card. I'm gonna drop in chat, uh, inset princess. It's which to me seems more of the cutesy anime girl. Even though this is an old card,
2: yeah, I don't know. It's there's some interesting there's some interesting things as they do with some of these cards that I'm just like I don't really see where you're going with that. But a lot of the art is actually very nice, and I love the original artwork.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of variety of art within the franchise. There definitely is like a certain house style to it. You, you definitely get like a, a variety of looks and stuff. Like when Colt was talking about Outstanding Dog, Marin and Mary, like those cards, it's like a, a realistically drawn dog. Like it doesn't look like like a Yu-Gi-Oh monster with like spikes and swords and shit. It's just a dog. Yes, Like
2: yes. And then there was that one... Oh yeah, Tanner just sit and chat, Ant Eater eating ant. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh,
0: that's a good video. That's D-U- one of my card. favorites too.
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of really there's a lot of funniness in Yu-Gi-Oh cards too, especially with some of the storyline aspects. Cause you'll see like goblins and stuff doing some crazy shit. And it and the thing is though so is a lot of that started from the English side of things, because the English cards had to be modified in a lot of ways to not be as scary, to not be as satanic, because you know, Westerners
0: can't handle a pentagram. Uh, and or or like tits, if like there's like any sort of sexually revealing, yeah. Or across like character on a
1: fucking tombstone
0: for some reason, yeah, like yeah, it's like no religious iconography, yeah,
1: no religion. We
2: can't we, but but I mean it's understandable. There would have been they would have been up in arms. There would have been yeah,
0: at
1: the time there would, but like now, even
2: even today, you got you got to be kidding me. They would definitely if Yu Gi Oh came out today and was like, hey, check out these. Look at this this uh, Back to Life thing. What is it? Um, Monster Reborn. Monster Reborn used to be an ankh. And they even took that out, which I'm surprised. The, but The
1: people that cared about that stuff back then are now crazy MAGA QAnon heads that don't really know what the hell a Yu-Gi-Oh! is.
2: Um, anyways, so the Insect Queen cards of that nature, I think a lot of the original Yu-Gi-Oh! cards were really cool. There's lots of little stories within the Yu-Gi-Oh! cards we were talking about. We were also talking about the religious iconography. I guarantee you, if a cross were to come up in Yu-Gi-Oh! at this point, uh, people would freak out. Um, but, I mean, they even removed the Ankh from Monster Reborn. Like, Monster Reborn originally was an Ankh, uh, like the, the eternal life symbol in Egyptian mythology. Um, But they removed that because it was so close to, like, a cross that they didn't want to scare people, I guess. But what ended up happening was a lot of those cards that they came over. I mean, there's a lot of censorship that happened. It wasn't just in religious iconography. It was also in how scary cards were. Like, original Yu-Gi-Oh! Japanese cards. Some of them, like, especially the goblins and the demons and the stuff that was supposed to be, like, scary-looking was even scarier on the original Japanese, with teeth and fangs and, you know, uh, looking more evil and sinister and demonic. And a lot of that got changed, removed, whatever, in the English releases, and in doing so, kind of made them look goofy. Uh, Goofier, at least, than compared to the original Japanese cards. And in doing so, they were able to create whole storylines based on these Yu-Gi-Oh cards, where they were just... Um, where they're kind of goofy little characters, like for I, I don't know if you remember. I think it was called Goblin Attack Force. Maybe was the card, but it had like here, it had like uh, yes, Goblin Attack Force. Uh, for example, that there is a um, a bunch of goblins with uh, there's with helmets and batons, and they've got a really strong attack and a zero defense. Anyways, that goblin comes up over and over and over and over again. Throughout the entirety of Yu-Gi-Oh, like the goblins themselves have a life of their own inside the Yu-Gi-Oh universe, um, which I think is really cool. I think that they, it's cool that they do that—that that there is some a little bit of continuity between generations of cards by telling stories through the art.
1: I found a new favorite line of cards. I'm going to send them in the chat. I'm going to tell you the names when I send them. Uh this is super cool. I love mechs. I love robots. I always do. Uh, these are kinda related in that same vein. Uh, it's essentially animals that are fighter planes and jets and stuff like that. Yes. Oh I just said the are, same one twice, my bad.
2: Yes, the Phantom Beasts. Yeah, those are very cool. They have they have a transformer set. They've got do you guys remember the uh, the Transformers? It's not really Transformers set, I shouldn't say that. Do you guys remember the Transformers? Um, the little ones in that one Transformers show where the little ones would um...
0: The Dominicons from like Armada?
2: Yes. And they would give; they would become like weapons and powerful accessories. They have like yeah. they have cars that look like that. They have uh, something called desk bots, which I imagine are just like little tiny bots. They have samurais, right? Of course, they have the they have the the samurais from Five Ds. Well, it, recently in Arc, I believe it was Arc Five, they released super heavy samurais, which are mech samurais or robotic samurais. Yeah, I got uh, one.
1: Uh, I can't remember what set I opened a pack for. Them, but I got one, and it looks really sick.
2: Yeah, they're super cool. Super heavy samurais are very, very cool. Uh, they have tons of different. Like, basically, if if you are going to get into Yu-Gi-Oh for art. It does not matter what you're into into this world. You could find there are are there. I mean, in the new Rush Duel coming out, and I'm sure they have them in the past too. I don't know every card, but I looked at a lot of them recently. Uh, in the newest sets coming out, they have a they have retooled a lot of the older cards into sports players. So you have. Um, but you have these different car. I'm trying to see if I can find it. They have ultra athletes, is what they have. An- another set of just ultra athletes. If you're into sports, if you're into cars, you can find a whole line of turbo cards that were released in five Ds. Uh, you can find, I mean, hell, if you're into the classic dragons and knights and shit, like like it's all there. Like Yu Gi Oh has all the artwork you want, all the different types of genres of artwork that you could ask for, all within one game. It's just learning that game and playing that game and hoping they're good.
0: I, I do appreciate that aspect. Like you could be a complete fan of the series and never touch the actual game. Like you can just like get the cards if you want to, or just, you know, go through like the Yu-Gi-Oh! Wiki and just like troll through the list of all the different like card sets. Like one of my favorite series is the elemental heroes. Cause you know, they're based off superheroes and, it's sort of fun to see like what their inspirations are, because in Yu Gi G X, like the second big series after the original one ended, there's like it, it just this huge focus focus on fusion, and you have like you had like five original elemental heroes, and then they sort of it ballooned off from there, and then you have all these different umpteen different combinations of those original five and then all the ones they added afterwards, and then all the sub sets afterwards, like elemental heroes like neo spacian destiny heroes vision heroes mast heroes and i i started getting into the mast heroes recently because um, they're very clearly based off like tokusatsu and kamen rider i mean like really kamen rider means Masked rider so like t- they they wear their ins- like inspirations like pretty closely on their sleeves Another, another, a newer uh, line of cards I found out about through this this Yu-Gi-Oh YouTube series called TGS Anime. I found out, it's called the Vendred series.
1: I've heard of that.
0: It's it's basically this line of cards based in part off of Resident Evil. You have, like, it's, it's essentially, like, these undead, supernatural, like, zombies kind of spun off from there like basically you have like all these animals and people who are possessed by these zombie-like spirits and they mutate in the very Resident Evil style with like big eyeballs and claws and fangs and like spikes uh, jutting out of them there is like a and and there's a lot of ritual cards in that set which is a bit unusual because the ritual cards are kind of are more rare like card type
2: they're outdated they're really outdated they were a fun, they were a fun story-driven gimmick in the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Like anime, and they kind of made sense in the original Yu-Gi-Oh! Game because they were super powerful. However, later on, like a lot of the a lot of the old ritual cards, they got retrained into effect cards or exes or synchros or whatever. Um like for example, I don't know, my, one of my favorite Yu-Gi-Oh cards of all time because I thought it was just such a f- cool-looking card was um I think it was Black Magician,
0: the Black Chaos Magician.
2: Yes, uh yes. Magician of Black Chaos yeah, was the go. name of it.
1: And um Oh shoot, yeah, that card it's pretty sick.
2: Yeah, so Magician of Black Chaos was great and all, but then what they did was they retrained it. Uh, to be a effect card called Dark Magician of Chaos instead of Magician of Black Chaos. And it's the exact same character, just with a different card art, which is I think is kind of cool looking. It's very, like, I don't know.
1: It looks like the original Dark Magician card with that ring in the background.
2: Yes, yeah, very early Yu-Gi-Oh! And um, I thought it was very cool. Uh, I, I And then, of course, I believe they have... Something called Magician of Black Chaos Max, if that's a real card. I'm not 100% sure.
1: What about that Elder Magician? Is he part of the Dark Magician stuff?
2: Yeah, he's 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 an older magician. I think he got a retrain as well, uh, Dark Sage.
0: And I've seen in, the, in chat, like, the main hero from the uh, Vendred series, uh, Rebendead Slayer, which is, like, so over the top in his design. He looks a lot... It takes a lot from the spawn. Like, he's very, like... Overly edgy design with little like Spider Man like bone legs and like bones blades sticking out of him with like flaming red eyes. That art style but was
1: I, fantastic.
0: That's what like he like his specific character, uh, Raven Dead Slayer is like one of the reasons why I liked it. And plus, just like how fucking over the top it is. Like, and, and plus, his story, like basically in the Vendred world, like he was just a normal guy, uh, living in a city until like the, the, the virus hit, and his wife died, so he has, like, this tortured soul, and then, uh, he was mutated by the virus, but he turned this into a superhero, and he, like, goes on to this, like, mission to try to kill, like, this giant demon king made of skulls and shit, and he sort of goes through all this rigmarole, like, he, this version of himself returns, like, even more, like, edgy and badass, his revenge dread Executioner, was like, imagine, like, the the most, the busiest, like character design ever, with like even more blades and saws, but like with just like flaming, like energy lines jutting off of them, and then he evolved into his final form, which is a Vendead Slayer, which is uh, some somewhere in, in in the middle, and who might have one of the best asses in the Yu-Gi-Oh card game series. Very
1: excited for this ass. You've been hyping it up. Ooh, that is a good ass. Ooh. <laughs> A vendred savior.
0: Yep. So we just like he just like like this ass. that's just like lished together by these like blade, blade claws. You, yeah. You can
2: bounce a quarter off that ass. Do you know what this reminds me of? And I don't know why, but it reminds me. Cole, do you remember that game where you you're in this disease infected world where it's like it's mutating people, and you're like a hero sort of character? And it, it, it was on like the PS3 that I played it. And it had, like, I think a second game come out. Oh my god, I
1: I know exactly what it is. I see the logos and the icons. What in the hell? Prototype.
2: Prototype, yes. That's what it reminds me of a little bit. Um, Yeah, and and of course, this is one of those cards where it kind of spans multiple different kinds of cards, right? You have ritual cards, you have link cards, you have all these different kinds of cards with these different abilities. I mean, but the thing is, though, is... If you look at a Vindred Savior, it's a zombie link effect. You have to sacrifice two zombie monsters. Uh, this card's name becomes Vindred Slayer. So it's not really... It is a Vendred Savior, but it's a different kind of card. Uh, what the fuck? I
1: I'm don't like know what that means. I'm looking at the card and... How does it become a different card when it's already this card because it
2: it acts as a different card so if there's another magic card that kind of goes along with that rev dread slayer then this card acts as both a dread and an event dread anyways it should be <laughs> it, it is a highly again highly complicated game also those two red arrows right there are the only places you can place other link monsters on the field so like you can you have to place this card in the extra monster slot which is a brand new thing just introduced april of 20 i believe 2020 you place the card there and then the two arrows will point and those are the only two areas where more link cards can be placed isn't that insane anyways yeah those are really cool cards i i personally am i of course i'm i am personally like um partial to the to the dark magician lineup because i do think like they because dark magician in the original Oh game in the original Oh show and game or whatever in the original was just one card and then they released magician of black chaos and it was like okay well this magician of black chaos because magician of black chaos was a ritual card that was brought out during the fight with um pegasus if you guys remember that yeah. Well, then, those two cards, I'm like, okay, well, these two cards look very similar to each other. Like, I'm like, these cards, everyone thought, like, they had some connection, but there was no connection between the two. Even though they were two magicians, they looked very similar in style, but one was, like, a little kinkier, I guess, <laughs> than, the, <laughs> than the other
0: one. Ba- basically, like, imagine, like, if, like, this satanic-looking, like, blue-skinned uh, wizard with, like, every sort of belt and strap and gimp suit and, like, a big twer- like out here you kind of get the magician the black chaos
2: yes and then they came out with dark magician girl and then later on they came out with even more support and those are the kind of the two things that you'll hear a lot of times about older cards are something called retrains which are old cards that have been remade for a new world there's a ton of retrains retrains that you wouldn't even think of like i don't know if you remember Aquamatador any
0: Aquamatador.
2: Aqua Aqua Aquamatador. Well, they did a, and I'll send I'll send it
0: in chat. Oh yeah, that's that's one of the oldest cards. Like it's it's just a simple like plain text monster with no ability.
2: Four star, two thousand defense. It was a wall back in the day. You really could not get past him. Well, then they retrained him to be Neo Aquamador with a totally like different art style. It's actually a little bit cooler. Um, and I'll send that right here. They retrained that card, and it's still a non-effect monster with 1,200 attack, but it did bump up the defense by 3,000 and raise its level by two. So you still would. So it takes one summon, but then you've got a you've got a 3,000 level card.
0: It's like basically giving like these these old cards like a new lease on life because there's no way they or it'd be very difficult for them to be viable in, in the current game's landspace but, you know, having these extra effects and sort of, like, re-releasing them under, di- like, with, with different, like, abilities, like, keeps the cards viable. Like, these are, like, these very popular, like, wall light cards from the, like, the original series or earlier series, anyway. But then they retrained it
2: one more time to be the Light Raymador, which is a light version of the card, still six cards, still 1,200 and 3,000, but with a totally new effect. It's actually an effect monster now with three or more light monsters to banish. You can special summon this card from your hand. That's a good ability. Um, I mean, it's fine, but it's kind of difficult to do that. And unless you're using like a deck that specifically bans light cards, there's really no reason to do that, to have that card in your deck. And it's really not that great at the end of the day. But I, I, the the thing is though, is that something that's important is the retrains. So retraining is just, Old cards made new, renew, and then you're going to see another term that's used a lot, and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh fans are really salty about this. Is support support cards being cards that directly help and support. Specific
0: monsters and characters. I just
1: found a fourth version of the Aquamador called the Glacier Aquamador. Would not be
2: surprised because I don't know why, but everyone loved the Aquamador. It was very mysterious when it first came out, and then people just sort of stuck to it. Um, but yes, they then you're, they the support cards that help other cards. So, just For example, one card that continues, continues, continues to get retrains and redesigns and a shit ton of support is... None other than Blue Eyes White Dragon. Yes. Yeah. Basically, there is a brand new Blue Eyes White Dragon every single time there's a new, like, big set or whatever. Every every four years, they come out with a retrain or a specialty of Blue Eyes White Dragon. You can, The Blue Eyes Dragon line is so fucking big. And at first, it was, like, simple, like simple retrains where it's just blue eyes white like a blue eyes white dragon type card with like a with like a small effect and then you had like the priestess of blue eyes or princess of blue eyes whatever it's called very cool cards and then now they're like just taking blue eyes the base of what a blue eyes is which is what three thousand attack twenty five hundred defense i can't remember i think that's the case they're taking the basics of blue eyes adding an effect making a dragon with a slight white color to it calling it some crazy name and suddenly it is basically like a brand new blue eyes but the one card that does not continue to get support and hasn't really gotten support in like almost a decade now is uh and i from i believe this is the case dark magician and so dark magician always gets snubbed so blue of course and and you can see that even today in um i believe the new ghost of the past
0: Cause I, cause I do remember, I think in a recent video I saw online that there was like finally some new dark magician support, which is like, for people who really enjoy that card, like there's like a, a kind of like a very welcome, uh, we're Like, Oh, our, our favorite is being like neglected. Let's. Give this one some beef. And
2: speaking of which, our the our that every Yu Gi Oh card Twitter page, which shout out to them. If you're listening to this podcast, we love you. <laughs> We've been looking at your stuff for the past year. Um, just tweeted out a Master with Blue Eyes, which is of course a Blue Eyes support card. That it says it's a tuner, so I'm a, And it came out in SHV one. I don't know what that is, uh, but I'm guessing since it's a tuner, it came out during the five Ds.
1: Uh, yeah, like, I'm looking at the uh, the link you sent that showed the Blue-Eyes Jet Dragon from the uh, the new set, Battle of Chaos. They also got Tyrant of D coming in, and I did not picture the rest of his body looking like that. Well, yeah, that Tyrant
2: of D is, is a. it looks like, I think it's a retrain of the Magician of D. If, or the the or the spellcaster of d or whatever the hell it's called because there's if you remember the dragon flute that the guy you had to have the the dragon of d the the magician of d or whatever the hell is called and then you have the flute and you could summon a dragon i mean there is blue eyes is blue eyes is one of those really 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 strong cards that you can get out easy quote unquote because there's so many cards that sh- shove it in your hand and it's and it's very like it's not very useful a lot of these a lot of these support cards for anything else because it's like yes it doesn't have anything about blue eyes on there but you can only bring out uh 3, attack light monsters with eight or more uh <laughs> you know it's like okay we know who you're talking about but anyways they they do a lot of retrains for that anyway we were getting really deep in the weeds here with this, but <laughs> retrain and support yeah, yeah, for sure. uh, whenever you're looking into Yu Gi Oh. Those are two words that you'll always see. That I was like, what the fuck's a retrain? And then I went down a rabbit hole of figuring out, holy shit! So they have retrained the everything at this point. Um, and you got and I would say my favorite part of Yu Gi Oh, my favorite time period of Yu Gi Oh was the time the Battle City arc. In my opinion, that was peak. For me, at least, Yu Gi Oh!
0: In terms of like the anime, in terms of just the game, or just like you're that's that, that's just the crystallized moment you have of the series. It's a little
2: bit of a crystallized moment, but I think it, I think it to me was one of those moments where no, I don't want to say the game was perfect, it was never perfect, it's never going to be a perfect game. Uh, it's too complicated to be a perfect game, but um, and I do think that's another reason why they're shifting towards a new play style. Uh, with this Rush Duel shit is because I think they realized, uh, well, this is a little bit more complicated than it needs to be. But um, I think Battle City Arc is interesting because it there's a lot of lore that goes into these cards, into that card section. There's a lot of, it added a lot more complexity. It kind of, it was when Yu-Gi-Oh! finally knew, had an idea of what it wanted to be, and it kind of went for it. I see you're sending some cards in the chat, Pat.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of, I'm preloading the chat uh, with some of my other favorites. Oh yes, I see. Uh, continue.
2: I see. Yeah, and I really liked. Um, I really liked the Battle City arc because it's It was, it was capped off by um, the God cards, right? So we had Exodia being destroyed in the very first season, which is sad, and then and then you didn't really have any god cards after that but the egyptian god cards were so menacing so scary and so powerful that you just it was hard to imagine ever coming up against them and i don't know it was just it's a very cool moment in Yu-Gi-Oh for me i really liked a lot of the 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 aesthetics they were going for obviously the egyptian aesthetic is very nice but for me battle city is is and always will be the pinnacle of Yu-Gi-Oh for me
0: my other uh, favorite card series. Uh, from, like, the GX era um, was the Ojama series, which are, like, these really weird, strange-looking alien characters in, like, a bright pink Speedo. And, like, these were just, like, basic monster cards, but then they kind of, like a lot of popular series and, and uh, or popular characters in the series, they sort of just ballooned out with several support cards, several additions to their story, and, like, even today in, like, the Link Monster era, like, they have, like, when I sit in chat, like, you know, Jama Emperor, like... So, like, even this card from over... This card from over ten years ago is still getting, like, like, support in the current game. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm really loving those little dudes. They're a little wacky and crazy.
2: Yeah, when I was... I I had never really seen them or played with... I've seen... I've seen them in, like, the offsets, but I started playing with them in the actual game. Uh, the... God, I forgot the name of the... Dual Link whatever... Game and I was super surprised at how fun they were. They are so much fun to play.
0: And like going back to like to the humor of this series, like, uh, like, like their whole like the whole gag of them is just like these like kind of delinquent, truant, like little monsters, and like they kind of just bumble their way through like the implied story of their characters. And I just loved like how silly their art was, and just like their story and their character. Uh, and you were. Cards, uh, type that I was introduced to by the boys during the, the our Yu Gi Oh uh, phase right now is the uh, the dinosaur series where each character is based off a dinosaur and a different type of like martial art. Specifically, the wrestling dinosaurs. Like we have this one Link effect monster. He's a Dino Wrestler King T Rexel, This is a T Rex with like wrestler gear and like dinosaur bones on his shoulder and Dino Wrestler Giga. Spino Savate, which is a like superhero spinosaur that fights using Savate, which is a synchro effect monster, and like you know, I'm a basic guy. I like wrestling and I like dinosaurs. So like, just like something like this is just super cool. Like, it they they find something that just sort of really like endears itself to like your inner child, like the most basic part of your imagination.
2: Yeah, and I do. uh, That's. I think that's where I think that's where Yu-Gi-Oh is its best is when it doesn't take itself too seriously. I you know, obviously it's very cool to have like the blue eyes, the whole like blue eyes magicians and things like that. But the fact that you can have like you can have someone play super serious, like murderous demons and magicians alongside weird little creatures you know with smug faces and and uh a pink thong on uh i think i don't know i think that's where Oh is just it it shines really
0: it's just the enormous variety and just like it, it's large appeal like either people that are still playing after damn near 20 years and people who are just picking it up today so it really shows like the strength of its series it at the basic point, it's monsters and its characters and its ideas that, that appeal to this very simplistic part of you. That's like, hey, this is fun. And if nothing else, it's fun to look at, even if it's a bit of a challenge to figure out. So, it, and even in the, the, the most barest capacity, just from observation of the art and the characters, like you're going to have some sort of fun with the series. Like, there's even people who, like, probably aren't even big fans. It's just like, talking about so it's like the, the the dumbest names in Yu-Gi-Oh! It's a TikTok series where they talk about all the silly names that come up in Yu-Gi-Oh!, which, like, that in itself is fun, just adjacent to the series itself. Pat,
1: say the name of the one that I can't remember,
0: but you know what it is. Uh, the Gaga Gigo series?
1: Yeah! I'm a really big fan of those which, which is
0: Which is a long-running, like, character in the series that it starts off as this little uh, reptile guy named Gigabyte, and he goes through several phases... Where he goes from like this little happy character to like this like demonic monster. He goes from Gigabyte to Gigabyte to Gaga gigo to Giga Gaga gigo Then Go Giga Gaga gigo <laughs> and Gaga Giga derisen. So yeah, like that's his whole fucked up storyline. And it gets, it's like this, it's like a, a barren, brutal monster with just the most ridiculous name.
2: There's also uh Dododo, which it's fun, but it really does come off as doo-doo in my brain whenever mm-hmm. i see it. i just sent it in chat there was dododo Do witch and every time i see it yeah. i see doo witch and it's just like <laughs> it, there's a I mean, this i don't know it's just like
1: the dodo cards look cool too
2: yeah they're just i don't know it's it's a lot of fun yugio is a lot of fun in a lot of different ways it's fun with friends it's fun if you don't take it too seriously um i don't think it would be fun if you did take it seriously i just don't i think it's kind of it would be very stressful if you did, but if you do, that's up to you. But, yeah, I love the art. I love everything about Yu-Gi-Oh! in a lot of ways, and I, I, I'm going to continue on. I'm going to try my best to keep up with it uh, and not let it fall to the wayside for 12 years like I did.
0: Uh, Cody just picks up the franchise once every decade or so, and he gets really into it mm-hmm. for a while, then it goes back to hibernation.
2: Yeah, right now I'm hyperfixating hyperfixating on, uh, what is it called, uh, Elder Scrolls. So that's where I am now
1: once every five years uh here's another fucked up name dodo dodo dwarf go 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 Goglove. gog love and uh to summon this you need to uh special summon one zubaba or gagaga monster from your hand
2: you're just speaking like a baby that's yeah a that's baby. what exactly what it sounds it's like just baby talk i do wonder what was going to the head of those who created the cards
1: and it's a fucking
2: scary looking card oh no never mind that's something that Pat sent.
0: <laughs> yeah, unlike the goofy name, someone m- made up a card. It's called the Donking Bong Dong. It says, <laughs> "Once per chain, fuck you." It's like this, like all glitched out and like fried looking monster.
2: And honestly, I I thought it was a real card at first.
0: <laughs> I thought it, I would. Yeah the the do 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 dwarf go 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 glove. do there you go dwarf. Remember, you got special
1: summon. With Zubaba or Gagaga monster? And it's
0: not even a good card.
1: No, it just got a fucked up name.
0: <sighs> Anyways, and, which is funny too. Like there's just, like, just cards that exist for the bit. Like they're not a viable in play, but just like you know what? We're making this just for the hell Might of it. Might as well. I think that's a nice run of the gamut of Yu Gi Oh. It's a strange hyper fixation in our group right now, but it just it's just tying back to some some deeply held uh, memories of the series from our children. Or just as a, as a newfound interest. And uh, it's been really fun to re-examine and fall back in love with this series. And let us know uh, what your connection to you is. You know, what, whatever capacity of the, of the series that you uh, experience, we want to hear from you. So be sure to let us know uh, wherever you can reach out to us. Our DMs are always open. So thank you all so much for listening today. You can follow us wherever podcasts can be found. That's on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Anchor. We're on all of those. Be sure to like, rate, you subscribe on all those places. It keeps us visible, puts us in front of new people. And, of course, we always appreciate you when you do it. You can follow us on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at AYCH Podcast. Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear. Twitch at twitch.tv slash All You Can Hear and YouTube as well, which is also at All You Can Hear. If you're listening to this the week it comes out on Tuesday... Uh, Tanner has a brand new episode where he's interviewing Captain Shimmy himself, Justin, the guy who comes up with all the musical accompaniments for the AYCH Network and is the lead host of Caging Greatness. And speaking of which, on Thursday, you can look forward to a new episode of Caging Greatness where we have an off-topic episode called Uncaged where we're discussing, for one reason or another, the uh, new comic book series created by... Actor and comedian John Leguizamo, and quite possibly one of the most uh, interesting movies in his early career called *The Pest*, and it's well known in certain aspects, and uh, that'll be interesting to explore. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name and my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art.
1: My name Colt. Follow me on Twitter at d 0 uh, Also, we've already said their name once or twice. Go ahead and follow every YGO card on Twitter. It's a very cool account.
2: Hello, I'm Cody. Go ahead and follow me at CODDOC11 on Letterboxd. That's where I'm mostly chilling these days, so find me and look at my ratings for things which apparently is very controversial
0: and also he doesn't mention when he watches these movies what are you hiding cody look
2: hear me out i don't have to prove anything
0: (laughs) i if i can log
1: ridiculous six and some garbage ass movie you can tell me when you watched pork belly outside manchester i don't know what a movie's called you can you can you can log some crap
2: Look I thought that I don't like logging it's just that I didn't understand it. oh so you're
1: almost 30 that's what's going on
2: yeah i'm I am reached the age nice. where I'm like wow i I don't get the point of this <laughs> social media uh, yeah i I did not I did not realize that you guys could not see it I thought everybody was just rating and moving on and not adding them to their log Wow we well, you know
0: what you have to do now cody you had to go back and Put the date to every movie you watch watched since you started Letterboxd. Oh, that's, that's the only choice now.
2: That is not
0: happening. <laughs> that,
2: that, <laughs> that's, that's not happening. I, You guys could suck my cock at that point. <laughs> You'll never know.
0: All right. Well, thank you both for joining me today, and we'll be talking to you all very soon. Thank you, and have a good night.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.